What if I told you that there was a podcast out there where we really only talk sports? We only talk life and we only talk entertainment. Well, you are in luck. This is one of those podcasts. Live from Steininger Funeral Homes, this is the Students of the Game. Hit the music. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Bring them out, bring them out. Yeah. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Bring them out, bring them out. coming live from the VIP. Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome all. This is Students of the Game. This is something that myself and my colleagues here have been wanting to do for quite some time now, and we've finally gotten around to do it. Um, first thing I want to do is introduce my co-hosts, uh, Connor Pullman, Bryce Steiniger, and Brock Wibbles. Just go around and introduce yourself, and uh, let's uh, let's talk about our inspirations in this, and uh, let's uh, let's talk about why we want to do this and why we think our opinions need to get out there. Yeah, thank you for uh, listening in this week. My name is Connor Pullman. I'm more formally known as The Professor. Uh, good follow on Twitter. Uh, my inspiration for this came just from my love for sports. Uh, growing up, I've always been a sports junkie. Um, I like to think I know more than most people when it comes to sports. I am oftentimes proven wrong with that thought. But my opinion matters because I am right most of the time. <laughs> What's good, boys? My name is Bryce Steininger. Uh, I'm a funeral director. I just moved back to town. We're uh, here in Nashville where I grew up with these guys. And yeah, kind of the same as these guys. We're just all huge sports fans, and we've been talking about doing this for years. We this is we've always said where if you would just like put a mic on us and a regular conversation, we'd basically have a podcast. So this is no different, except we're recording ourselves now. So my love for podcasts began. I've spent so much time the last few years just driving and traveling. And podcast just become, became an everyday part of my life, so I'm anxious to start this. Brock? Hi, everybody. My name is uh, Brock Wibbles. Uh, to my friends, better known as Blackout Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like big facts. Because these guys have reiterated already. Um, big, just a bunch of big sports, <laughs> sports fans trying to talk and give people our opinions. Um, other than that, I just think we're here to... Have a good time and see where we go with this. Hopefully, we can hit the ground running with uh, the help of our audience. Absolutely. Which we have none, by the way, but that's that's <laughs> that's going to happen soon. Yeah, like you said, whatever it's you know five or one million, you know we're we're still going to be here every week. Yeah. I mean, this is this is more this is more for us. We're we're Absolutely. just trying to you know get our get our views out there. I just kind of wanted to say like we have no idea what we're doing, Absolutely especially now. Not. This is our first episode. We're just going to kind of roll with it. We'll obviously get a lot better and work out some kinks as we go, but. Yeah, but yeah, lastly, my is, name is my name is Kyle Jasper. I'm going to be your uh, your host yeah, partially. I mean, co-host. I mean, I I set up most of this, but uh, um, first thing I want to say is just uh, uh, we got a sponsor that we need to talk about. Um, our first sponsor is um, 
is actually absolutely nobody. We uh, <laughs> we are looking for sponsors. If if anybody is out there that wants to get their name to millions, so millions of people, potentially almost five people, maybe. You know, yeah, our um, families and maybe a few of their friends. Yeah. Uh, so so our first uh, our first sponsor is probably just going to be local. But, you know. Someday we'll get to Apple. We'll get to Google. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're going to go Everyone's big. Everyone us. knows we're going yeah. big. But uh, that, that's been, my inspiration behind all this is just, you know, I just – same with these guys. I, I just really like sports. I, I watch a shit ton of TV. Too much Netflix. Um, yep. I, where uh, I've actually told my roommates back in the day in Godfrey, Illinois, RIP to that house, oh the 304. But uh, – went out, bro. Shout out KJ Spizak. Drink to but, uh, Christian Spanner. Um, and Christian Spenner and uh, Clint Johannes, Keegan, Keegan Anderson, uh, and Andrew Smith was more of a part-time. Um, we'll, we'll eventually get some, most of those guys on. Andrew Smith uses for a Wi-Fi, so he can play Mobile the Show. Yeah, he did <laughs> live with us, though, when his roommate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically <laughs> just used us. Um, yeah, but let's, let's go right into it. I, I have something to tell you guys that I'm still torn up about. It has been... Approximately a month and a half since I've cleared to engage. It's it's been a while. I miss the XFL. I miss it. Um, a lot of good tailgates. A lot of good tailgates. Damn, that man. last one was cold but fun. Oh man, I mean, like the the dome was hopping. Always, really always hopping. The Battle Hawks must have had just one of the best supporting fans out there. I mean, with with the whole way the NFL did us dirty, I feel like. The XFL was our chance to get back at the NFL, mm-hmm. and it was torn from us. It really was. But on a side note, super happy for Jordan Tamu, Kerry Robinson, now NFL players, um, and I am actually surprised to see that the Chiefs have not traded Patrick Mahomes yet after <laughs> seeing what Jordan Tamu did. Oh, my. Here but, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's basically what I got on the XFL so far. So, yeah, I was able to attend an XFL game. Uh, the dome field advantage was something I haven't experienced in a very long time. <laughs> it was absolutely next level. Um, I don't know. Going to the XFL, watching the games, it was obviously an awesome league. I mean, they've had 37 XFL players now been signed to the NFL, and I firmly believe that's just a starting number. I think that number is just going to continue to grow. And grow and grow as the season progresses. I just kind of want to talk about how St. Louis is the nation's 23rd uh, largest sports market. And it was obviously the smallest of the eight XFL teams, Absolutely. but we led the attendance in like over 10,000. It's just no doubt that St. Louis 28,500. Now, it's obviously the true that we're the only team that doesn't have an NFL That's team. That's true, yeah. But that doesn't shy away from the fact that St. Louis is an unreal sports city who deserves an NFL team and who got absolutely screwed by the most hated man, St. Louis, Stan Kroenke. Yeah, Kroenke sucks. Um, You know, like that's that's what they said. The Battle Hawks showed that um, St. Louis is just a sports city that we've been blessed with, and we're only an hour from there. So it's nothing for us to go to a Blues game or a Cardinals game or even – Rams were never here, and Battlehawks games tailgate on the weekend and whatnot. Um, I was not fortunate enough to get to a game. Actually, Kyle and I had planned on going to the game the following week before every, uh, before coronavirus hit and everything got canceled. 
Um, but I agree. The Battlehawks definitely showed, and the fans of St. Louis showed that um, I think a pro football team does belong back in St. Louis. Absolutely. Believe it or not, I think they showed that an owner can make money, the organization can make money, the NFL can profit off of merchandise and things like that from St. Louis. And another thing, I would love to see the XFL take kickoff notes and put it – I'm sorry. I would love to see the NFL take XFL notes on the kickoff. And oh, put it in I think there's yeah. a lot of things in the NFL. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of changes here in the next two – because it takes like two years ahead to actually like talk about it before it becomes into yeah. effect. But, but I I, th- I completely agree with you. Yeah. But my thing is, sure. is Roger Goodell going to be too stubborn and be like, oh, we didn't come up with that idea. We don't want it in the NFL. I don't think so. So let's, you want to talk about Goodell for a few? Because <laughs> my – no, I'll be real. Like my philosophy on Roger Goodell has changed drastically over – say the last six months. I think he's a good commissioner. And I used to rip him all the He's really embraced time. the hate. He's he has. really embraced Okay, it. it was kind of cringeworthy watching him in the draft, like some of the things he was doing. Well, what's See, I thought the draft was pretty good. No, I know. He did a good – but like, he, like day three, he was being kind of weird. Like he was just – I think he was drunk. Or like he was high. pumping up the crowd. I don't know. Something's time. going on with him, man. But like – no, especially after the Rob Manfred saga and calling oh, the beloved the World Series trophy a piece of metal. I mean, I'm I, that made me like Goodell more. It really did. He's, let's be real, too. The NFL is way bigger than the NBA and the MLB. He's got a way tougher job. Oh, like, for sure. I mean, it's the most the, popular sport. Yeah, in like it's a way bigger, tougher job. That's like all the whole kneeling saga a few years ago. Like that was put him – no one wins. Like he doesn't win. He's hated by one side either way. He's but just been put in tough. Sorry, he on. also he's in a very tough job, but he also makes more money than probably every oh, other yeah. commissioner. But he I'm did take a pay cut. Did you yeah. see? He took a four million dollar pay cut out of his thirty-six million. Oh, he, he went from forty million to thirty-six. Yeah, bless his little heart. Poor, oh, man, I'm poor just guy. saying. In I terms really don't know. He's what he's food done on as a commissioner to other sports, I think he's done a pretty good job. Yeah, business is booming. I mean, business NFL is the biggest biggest sports. You're not wrong organization in the world that just keeps growing. Patrick Mahomes is so good. Man. Yeah, absolutely. And basically for the NFL XFL conversation, I mean, there was talks, I believe, right. That the XFL wanted to become an NFL minor league baseball. I think that was their best chance to succeed. And yeah. And it really did show that they probably did need. Do you really think that's a possibility of like the St. Louis battle Hawks being the minor league affiliate? Not of the anymore, City Chiefs? No. I mean, I, I would love to be optimistic about XFL, but I think it's, it's done. Yeah, I had I had a few talking points about that since we're on the topic. Um, so the first week on ESPN, it drew 2.5 million viewers. That was really good. That was way above like any of their expectations. After the next week, it was 1.5 million. So it slowly started to drastically drop. It was just and, week one. And you got and you got to think of this too. It was going to butt heads with March Madness, mm-hmm. NHL playoffs, yep. and NBA playoffs. Regardless of COVID, the XFL was done. Like, it wasn't – I don't think it would have went past this year. You don't think? Strongly don't, disagree with that take. I strongly dis- disagree. Strongly disagree with that take, Bryce. They were, uh, no, they were on pace to generate $46 million in revenue this year. I, yeah, I just I saw the with, tweet. With uh, eight to ten teams, I don't think something like that is going to fall. And they were only going to expand. I mean, they were already talks of – Philly Every was already – Philly was already in talks today how the viewers were going so down. Every week, I don't think they that expected two point five million. Every no, year. they weren't. They were above average for like the first. They, it was like a scale of projections, especially with March Madness and everything that yeah. was gonna be going on. 
how much money they were going to lose in the last half of the season. Right. For this, for this so league we'll to never know, obviously, but yeah, for this league to succeed, I really think they could have done a little better. But it was mainly their whole strategy was just for the starving football fan. Right when Super Bowl is done, they were just like, "We're going to pick up." We're going to take over all the NFL fans. I mean, obviously, they could have never competed. That's the thing, with though, the man. NFL. It's like the NFL fans, they're seasonal fans. Like, they're basketball fans. They're baseball fans. Like, I disagree with that as well. I don't I mean, know. You okay, look at the NFL draft. You look at the draft. We had how many? 16 million viewers. Right. So, clearly, the NFL, they are, they're fans year-round. I mean, they're fans during the season That's true. That's and then true. the offseason. I mean, I know myself. I'm a Giants fan. I will mm-hmm. still wear my Giants gear. I don't give a shit if it's the middle of summer. I don't care when it is. I, w- I'm still supporting Danny Dimes and the boys. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest point off of that was like the XFL, you're right, was like for the diehard football fan. Yeah. But it's not as many as you would see like on a regular football Sunday in the yeah. fall. And then that's why like like St. Louis succeeded so well is because it didn't have an NFL team. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I, that's all I was going off of is like. It was diehard football fans that loved the XFL. And we, just, we obviously have like locational bias because sure. like the XFL was so it was a big, it was a personal thing for St. Louis also, people to make I mean, the Battlehawks good. We were the only NFL or the only XFL city not to also have, uh, correct? Not to also have an NFL team. Yeah. Of the, I think all seven other yeah XFL they all city, had an NFL team all had an NFL team. Yeah, they did. We were the only city that really didn't have football. And we don't even have college football in St. Louis. No. We don't have nothing. nothing no, shout out Wash U. D3, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in Linwood. That's St. Charles. I mean, Wash U is actually like in St. Louis, if you want to talk like But, yeah, you're right. No. The XFL, they had, two, they had two people watching it. The diehard football fans and then, of course, the gamblers. The gamblers. The, ga- the gamblers. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I want to get into boy, the I didn't even consider that. That's a really good take on it. That's really the gambling cool. aspect, I feel like the XFL – is was really modernized. I mean, for sure. It's not I mean back in maybe 5 years ago, maybe there the boomers were would be upset that you know there was gambling lines on the right. on the TV and be like, "Oh my goodness, like th- this is ridiculous. Gambling's taking over the world." I feel like American sports have really embraced the gambling aspect of I mean even to the point where announcers are talking about oh, it now. Sure. Put Pete Rose in the hall. They're making <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold that thought there, Brooks. Before we get into the MLB, I'm not done with the XFL and the gambling quite yet. So I always tell my girlfriend, because she, she she likes sports, but she doesn't quite understand the whole sports concept. So I always tell her the best way to learn something is just put $5 on a game. I don't care if it's hockey. I don't care if it's football, baseball. Just put $5 on the game, and you so will true. immediately have a rooting interest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you will immediately... Yeah, you have to pay attention. You have For to learn sure. the rules. You have to learn what the hell offsides is in hockey. And so I always tell her, just you know, pick pick a team. I don't care, Kate. If, if the color's blue and you like blue, cheer for the blue team. Just go. put five dollars on it, and that is what happens with gamblers. Five dollars though is a gateway drug. <laughs> it really is. Five dollars turns into ten. Yeah, ten turns I'm into twenty-five. I'm a seasonal sports gambler. Like obviously, anytime I go to Vegas, I'm in the sports gamble. Kyle and the rest of my colleagues are just religious. They swear by sports gambling. I need to step my game up if I'm gonna be a part of this. I don't like to gambling. I I call it more investing because yeah. I mean I know I'm gonna win. It's just <laughs> which one's gonna hit big for me. That's true, That's man. I don't know. Yeah. So so the XFL. Where obviously other than the coronavirus, we're talking about like will it have like proceeded into the next year. I, I truly believe that this had at least a three to four year life. I, I, I truly believe that 
it would have gotten tiring. It, it would have it would have been like a watered down version of the NFL after right. everything after the first year. They're like, wow, this is it's like a new toy. How I many mean, years did the previous like the AAF didn't AAF. even last a season? So that's that's, that's why, that, and that's kind of what I was going off of was like the last few leagues on top of that projection chart that I saw today. It didn't look good for the XFL. But the AAF, um, I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that the AAF gambling profit, I mean, there was more money that went into week one of XFL than the entire AAF season. The AAF lasted eight weeks. Yeah, but how much of that was because sports gambling is legal in a lot of states? No, absolutely not. I mean, I I can gamble. I mean, I've been gambling since, you know, like 18 years old. It hasn't been legal that long. That's true. I mean, I would guarantee – that I'm just throwing out a number here. Maybe 40 to 50% of sports gambling is done illegally before it all got legalized. I just feel like since it's gotten legalized, though, sports gambling in general has skyrocketed. Absolutely. Like, it's become a national phenomenon. Doing, that's what I'm saying. Is it's, you can't XFL, tell me it's be- anywhere near the same as it was. XFL, I believe, just absolutely embraced it. Yeah, yeah. that's like, for dude, the XFL embraced everything that the NFL wasn't. Absolutely. They and wanted to be everything, on. and that's why they wanted to draw so many viewers. That's why they changed the kicking style. And they had good points, too. Like, But they they had nothing to lose. So why not take a huge, ballsy risk and go out and implement all these new, no doubt, you know. Rest in peace, XFL. Real quick, before we move topics, I did want to – I want everyone to just kind of say one thing that was their favorite part of the XFL. Because I have one thing that I still hold near and dear to my heart that I, I need to get out there. So my first, my favorite thing of the whole entire season is actually after the season happened, Darren Robell being the guy that he is, he tweeted how many uh, games that AAF had, and it had 32, and he tweeted XFL only had 20. And then the DC Defenders <laughs> tweeted a meme that said, is Darren Robell fun at parties? And it was a pie <laughs> graph, and it said no. And then there was a little sliver of yellow that said no, but in yellow. <laughs> and I thought that was probably the perfect way for the XFL to go off because they showed, like, we're serious, but we still know how to have fun and we're going to be a cool I just league. think they did everything they could to attract, like, especially our age people. Like, the Battle Hawks slamming Bud Light Seltzers after, which is definitely my favorite part of the XFL. All those videos that would go around these post-game celebrations of winning a huge Battle Hawk win. Absolutely. I mean, it was so cool. Like, Absolutely. The, you know, the, so fun. XFL, the locker room, NFL, you're not getting the locker room video, the, the battle Hawks pounding the Bud Lights and the seltzers in the locker room and stuff like that. And along with the uncensorship, you know, you can hear they have everybody mic'd up in the XFL Love. and it doesn't matter if they drop F bombs, anything, whatever they say, it's fair game. That's Matt something. McAfee going on the, field with unprecedented mic access who like if you're a sports guy who does not want to listen to that like that's just that's the best this wasn't my favorite part but there was nothing more electric than in week one whenever a guy i mean i'm pretty sure i don't remember what team it was but a guy just missed a huge field goal let his team down and the on-field mics just went up to him like what happened I don't think I saw. This. Oh, absolutely! And they, oh, they take some ruthless. balls. Absolutely. Oh man, that's brutal. I mean, they, they talk about how it's more risky than being a cop in St. Louis. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, but <laughs> here we go. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! But, but yeah, my favorite part about the XFL was just—I mean, it was just—I'm—I'm I'm biased. I mean, like, but the crowd at the Battlehawks game in the dome, the first game I went to, 
was just unlike anything I've ever seen. I it, mean, like it, it made it seem like, and the only the lower bowl was open, yeah, and it was the craziest atmosphere Dude, I've ever. It was been. personal. That's why I it was saying personal. this. You're right. It was a giant. Can we say the f word on here? No, a giant f you to Stan Kroenke. Like we did everything we could to just shove it to him because St. Louis deserves a football team, and we showed that. Yeah, I mean, that's and big. that's the end of the XFL story in St. Louis. I mean, and on top of that, with the Cronky sucks chance in the XFL in the Edward Jones Dome, guess what, everybody? You come to a Blues game, you still get Cronky sucks. He's yeah, just hated absolutely. in St. Louis. There's and not a man more disliked change. in St. Louis than Stan Cronky, and that is just a fact. Exactly. But yeah, um, that's about all we got about the XFL, and uh, I I plan on talking about it sometime, hopefully. Soon, once they reinstate, I, I'm not. Talk about. I'm not super optimistic about it, but I would absolutely love it. I mean, St. Louis would open or embrace the XFL back with open arms, and absolutely. that is, and that we might be the only city that is really relying on the XFL coming back. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For no sure. Question. Out of the eight cities, yeah, there's no doubt about yeah. that. But yeah. So our next segment we're coming up with is going to be. Um, we're just going to call it the Big Three. Um, it's our version of a draft and we're just going to talk about, um, just random things. And, uh, e- each week will be a different, uh, topic, but this week we decided to really dive into something really serious in sports and that's ugly uniforms. Okay. So ugly uniforms are just the most, I mean, everything is on TV now. Everything is social media. Everyone's roasting everyone, but these jerseys, man, that we're going to be talking about are just the worst of the worst. So, with the first pick, I've decided to give to Bryce. Oh, Bryce my. has been talking about this first pick <laughs> so for excited. a very long time. I think every MLB fan will agree that the Arizona Diamondbacks men's softball jerseys are just the most pathetic totally things. And all you like, you would, you oh, would, Kyle. Of I like. I don't dislike them to say oh, that they're, they're the one worst, of the ugliest bro. jerseys. If in I want to see. Those type of uniforms, I'll go to the MyFest and watch a bunch of men drink beer and play slow pitch softball. There's nothing wrong with that. They're horrible. Okay. I'm not, they're just, it's, I hate them. They're the worst freaking uniforms in all sports. There's no question. All right. With the second pick, I'm going to take the dreaded Cleveland Browns. Oh, that's a hot take, bro. They They just recently modernized. They quote unquote modernized, rebranded, whatever, and they didn't do anything. They're no, known for sucking. It's terrible. You just they have it's terrible. Well, maybe if they change their jerseys. It's literally a going to the bathroom joke. Taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Seriously. It's so bad. Haven't guys. you guys ever heard the saying, you look good, you feel good, you play okay, good? Well, let's be well you start with one. If you don't look good, <laughs> then you're, that is you're screwed. The Browns, a good uniform. They got a modern. They got a rebrand or something. Like Syracuse with the orange. What are they? They're a big ass. Yeah, they suck. I mean... Can they not have done any better? <laughs> Lay off my boys. Yeah. <laughs> so with the what I thought was the unanimous number one overall pick, I don't know how you guys didn't take this, and I I just they have to be the worst jerseys in I all know sports. What you're say. The Detroit Tigers. Oh, bro, that's not who I thought. The See, Detroit Tigers oh, have ooh. one of the best color schemes in all of sports. I mean, the yeah. the navy and orange. Is just it looks so good together, and they somehow made it 
the worst jersey in the MLB. That white home one with the, the D there's, on it. Oh my god, they're uh-huh. so bad. It looks really? like the, it looks like they're literally from the sixties. I'm gonna say the Marlins. They're te- oh no, I love the Marlins. Of course, oh, yeah. I don't I like know, the, the thing about the, the Detroit uh, Tiger jerseys. Are those a cla- It's a classic. They've always had a variation of that similar jersey. You can't mess with something that's been around for that long. See, when I think when I think of classics, I mean like the Yankees. The Cubs. I mean, those teams haven't really changed jerseys in a long time, and they're still amazing. The Detroit Tigers, when you look at their jerseys, you just completely put it with bland. And they look bland, and they play bland. Okay, they're terrible. And it's, the fact that they're just so bad, honestly, just makes their jerseys worse. Can, dude, Detroit, could you imagine like being a Detroit sports fan? Oh, it's, it's tough gotta, right now. because you, you got This Tigers. has got to be the worst Hey, the Red Wings used to be really, really good. They're not anymore. <laughs> they're the worst they're also the worst hockey the team worst. now. They're bad now. The worst of everything. The Lions, the Lions aren't any good. The Lions were horrible this year. The Red Wings are the worst team in the NHL. The Tigers were the worst team in the MLB last year, and the Pistons suck. Like, it's a tough it's Bro, tough. It's a that's tough too, right now. Crime rate's up, too. Oh, It's not good. Dude, just imagine being a fan of Detroit sports. Uh, With the fourth and the final pick of the first round, I will be taking another baseball team, the San Diego Padres. See, I thought about that. The brown and yellow. I understand some people like that color scheme together. I do not. I like the low, like the pattern of like the text or whatever. They did a good job with the Padres symbol on that. I honestly feel like the. Now that we got our ugliest jerseys first round out of the way, we're actually going to continue with the ugliest jerseys next week where we'll do a round two, three, and maybe four. Yep. We'll, we'll continue. Uh, we won't let you guys down. we got a few there's, more. There's definitely more out there. I mean, there's absolutely some horrendous jerseys out there. But going on to our next segment, we're going to be talking about a little bit of entertainment. We're going to be talking about what we think you guys would enjoy and what we are watching on either Netflix, Hulu, HBO, TV, YouTube. shit, I don't know, YouTube TV, documentaries. I'm going to be talking about HBO. I don't know about you guys. but I don't have that yet, man. Am I the only person that doesn't have HBO Go? No, I don't pay for that either. I actually yeah. don't either. I actually got my I HBO have- show on eBay. So Big eBay guy. What do you mean? You just like buy I bought HBO? the DVD. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Big DVD guy. But the show that I was going to talk about is the first season of True Detective. True Detective is all about this show with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Oh, that's Two guess. amazing actors. And, and Matthew McConaughey plays this character that is kind of a mix between um, Sherlock Holmes and then, uh, I don't know, maybe the guy from Mindhunter. He's just a genius. But he also, like, discovers everything. I mean, it's crazy. And he, he, he puts all his knowledge to the test and uh, – he actually goes off the grid because they do do some nasty shit and uh, goes off the grid. It's one of those shows. HBO is actually HBO is actually really good about this, and shows are starting to do this more, where each episode is like a little bit into the past, a little bit into the future, and it, it kind of ties it all together. I have a love hate relationship with those kind of shows because they're confusing, but they make you pay attention more because if you don't, you're gonna be so lost. Absolutely, you're gonna like miss you, everything, and that's yeah. just kind of the thing with. With these kind of shows is I just love the grind of like absolutely just you can't miss a moment. And right. it and it does a really good job with every episode leaving you on edge. And it almost even makes you think like the whole show is leading you towards um, just a, them trying to catch the killer. And then almost they try and turn it on themselves and mm-hmm. not them, but like 
future cops, not future, like not in the future, but um, it, it, like I said, the show goes back and forth, but the show uh, starts with them, you know, like finding a body and uh, they're trying to solve a murder. And then uh, basically the, the whole show is just about one murder and it ends up at the end, just a huge twist. And, but season two and three, it's uh, it, it's one of those shows that each season, it's kind of like black mirror off of uh, Netflix where each season has new actors and it's a new lead, but they kind of go off the same thing. So yeah, true detective. I'd give it a nine out of 10. I mean, I'm a Ooh. big Connor knows I'm a big, uh, IMDB <laughs> Raider. Um, I did give it a nine out of 10. It's actually very yeah. rare for me. I, I'm kind Ky- of a harsh critic. If Kyle rates a movie, there's no Kyle has seen more movies and like gone to more movies. You're a big movie guy too. I'm big in movies since bigger last than fall. him. Big okay. In movies so since last so fall. Kyle's been this way his whole life. Like Kyle just loves to watch movies. So he's, I would take his advice. He knows what he's talking about. Connor. Yeah, so what I've been watching lately, I have a couple things down, but I'll go I'll go with one. It's kind of a nugget. Now I don't think many people have really seen it. I had to go off-grid to find it. But I'm going to be talking about the Michael Jordan documentary. So good. So I think this is maybe one of the best TV episodes, TV docuseries I have ever watched in my life. There is not a much bigger mystery than – Michael Jordan in the 90s and the 80s, his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays, we're watching LeBron grow up. We're watching him become the best player um, of all time. That's up for debate. but um, And we, we know we know what he does on, on an everyday basis. We know on Taco Tuesday, he's eating tacos. We know what so his bad. kid's doing in high school. Bronny James had more television, televised TV shows last uh, year than the Washington Wizards. That is a fact. <laughs> we just we know so much about LeBron James, and we don't know anything about uh, Jordan other than what you have heard from, for me, from my dad and from my grandpa. They always say, "Oh, you know, Michael Jordan did this, he did that." Well, now I'm able to see it with my own eyes. I'm able to make my own opinions about it. And I don't know. I know you guys have all seen it. Do you guys have any takes on on what you've been seeing? I definitely have a couple wrote down that. Oh, I've- dude, I have so many. I don't even know where to begin. Like, I couldn't agree anymore with you how just amazing the documentary is. Probably, yeah, one of the best shows I've ever watched. I had no I, – that's the biggest question mark about growing up is I was three years old when Michael Jordan won his last championship in 98. I Did you guys ever sit down and, like, watch a Michael Jordan game growing never up? Never in my life. Never. never. I never knew other than those highlights that you see, like the shot, you know, against Cleveland. Like, we've all yeah. seen that a million times. but. Just how good he was. I never knew. But watching this and seeing like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson calling him the alpha of all alphas and just seeing like the way the NBA was played in the 90s. Bro, LeBron did, wouldn't stand five minutes. I This whole documentary has made me despise LeBron so much more. I was already on the fence like the last five years. I just don't like the dude. Uh, I He's cringeworthy. Taco Tuesday. I think it's atrocious. Michael has just proved that he is better in every way possible with this documentary. In terms of his play, how he just kept it all on the floor. I, Michael is the goat of all goats, and there's no comparison. Yeah, I really just it's like – It's not even close. I really just like the fact not that – Not even close. The, the fact that like Jordan didn't really like try and be a perfectionist off the field. I mean, he he right. lived his life. Right. I mean, like, if imagine LeBron c- coming out that he had a gambling issue, 
Right. Oh my God, goodness! The people that would roast him. I mean, right. pe- there would be people lose absolute respect for him. Oh, for sure. I mean, and the whole thing behind uh, him, you know, leaving. Ba- imagine, like, obviously, it'd be cool for our standards because we're big sports fans. Mm-hmm. But if LeBron just said, you know, f it, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go play for the Cleveland Browns for a year and just never make it to the actual big team, but two years later come back and you know still be the best player. It would be cool, but it'd be like, it'd be why. And I'm sure that's also – I'm also wondered a that too. But, dude, if you watch the doc, there was no bigger celebrity in the world than Michael Jordan. I can completely see how he would get burnt out of that life. If you go three years on your, that first three, Pete, 91, 92, 93, every hotel, every time that dude left his hotel room, there were people with cameras in his face. Absolutely. Like, you get really going to tell me that that wouldn't get old, that well, you wanted to walk away would. from it? LeBron's never had that. LeBron has never been that. Like, LeBron is the best basketball player of our generation. There's no doubt about that. He has never been that national icon like MJ was in the 90s. Ever. I will disagree with that. I don't that. know about that. The no the cover, way. He was you on the cover of ESPN bro, when he was in no, high school. Bro, he was the Pope, him Michael Jordan, Harper, in the 90s. Him and Bryce Harper both. Oh, I couldn't disagree more. He I, has never had the Jordan treatment. I think as he does have the Jordan treatment. Is, I, Absolutely. Maybe if, now. If LeBron, if he if he says anything, if he does something, he is the top story in ESPN for literally I'm a not, week. I'm saying in terms of like – because you got to think too. It's two different eras like the social media era. Yeah. People can see that now on their phones. Like out in the 90s, dude, they were just out on the streets flooding just to see MJ. Like you saw it. People were following. Like it's not happening today. And I think more that is that because extent. it is the social media. I feel like I, I know how LeBron lives areas. his life now Absolutely. because of social media. We're the information era. I mean, like, I know nothing that LeBron does is gonna get past us. I'm aware, and that's why it was different. He's never had it like that because you can find out everything. Like I don't know, man. You could say that LeBron has had a different treatment because I mean, like. MJ back in the day, there probably wasn't another NBA player that you could, I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't spot out, but like if MJ went out and about, I mean, people, obviously, like you were saying, people would just flood him, but it's almost every NBA player. I mean, NBA has become such a national phenomenon that like it's actually growing in ratings like by the minute. It The NBA, like I saw a video of someone's like people bombarding Alex Caruso at like Chick-fil-A. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, everyone knows everyone now. Man, there's the difference. There's a fine. Uh, you're right. I, I couldn't spot out you. Bill Lambier in a crowd I'm just right now. saying if you would watch all what's up to the six episodes in the doc right now and tell me, like, you can compare Alex Russo being spotted at Chick-fil-A to MJ in the 90s. Like, it's just not even comparable to, like, LeBron. Like, people don't follow LeBron like that. But say even it's someone not like, even close. Say like, even someone like Sean Kemp back in the 90s. Probably one of the best players in the NBA. I guarantee people even back in the 90s, if he was shopping at a Walmart, probably wouldn't go up to him because they'd even have doubts that that was him. I do know in the Dream Team doc, when they were overseas in Barcelona, John Stockton literally walked around everybody else because he was unrecognizable. Everyone just thought it was another five foot ten white dude walking with his family down the street. That yeah. would be like that would be equivalent to like probably like Luka Doncic watch, walking around Times Square. He would be absolutely bombarded by people. Yeah, in Times Square, Kyle. Okay, say even if if Luka Doncic went to a Dallas or not Dallas, say somewhere like a uh, a uh, I don't know Boston Walmart, 
he'd still get the same thing. I'm not, but do not like Michael. It's oh, absolutely not. Thing, and that's just what I'm saying. Like, there's never been another athlete that's came close to the MJ comparison in terms of like publicity and how many people followed him around. Like, it's not close. Watch the dude. I was blown away after watching this. I had no idea. I was, was blown away like during I, that Bulls run. I never researched it growing up. I never really watched the NBA. Like, I've just been a fan of basketball my whole life, but I've never been an NBA lover. And that was just eye-opening to me to see what life was like, how different basketball was, how just different everything was. Like, nothing's the same. Yeah. The only other athlete I think that has that is just so polarizing would be Tiger Woods. Yeah. yeah I mean, sure. I yeah. mean, you can – back when Tiger was in his prime, you could have went over in – Japan and say Tiger. I agree, people know you're talking about. I agree with you. Tiger the Woods. only difference between, in my eyes, Tiger and LeBron is, just, or Tiger and Michael, sorry, is just how much bigger basketball is than golf. Like, yeah, Tiger's a national icon, but basketball is like. I would agree with that. Like, yeah, that's, basketball's way more popular. I mean, that's, than golf, that especially think. nationwide. Like, that's not a hot that's, take. Like, yeah, exactly. It's pretty, not a hot take. That's pretty. Say, right? Everyone knows that. So that's why, like, MJ was. All I'm saying is if you're going to take the biggest, like the best basketball player of all time, the best golfer of all time, the best basketball of all time, it's going to be way more popular. I would agree with that. But, yeah, I agree with you that Tiger is a, like, oh. Um, uh, so, Netflix shows I have been watching. Okay, so I could go on about The Last Dance Forever, but get a little away from that. Uh, everyone's talking about Outer Banks right now. It is a tremendous show. Have any of you guys watched that? I've never watched Outer I've heard all about oh, it. Oh, bro, but- it's great. Oh, this guy, John B. Dude, heartbreaker. I'll tell you that much. Oh, man, it's a good show. It's about, like, these two, like, different classes of people, like, growing up in Outer Banks, North Carolina. Like, just these super wealthy people who are probably the most unlikable characters off of any show I've ever watched in my life. Just brutal. They're so bad. And then, like, these the, the lower class people of Outer Banks, it's, like, uh, John B. and a few of his friends. And, man, it's just... They like they're at war with these rich people, and then the dude John B starts dating the girl who's dating the rich guy. So he, it's good. It's a good show. Is it like a fiction? I mean, is it so? Like a- that's like it's kind of like a high school drama, like that storyline. But the main storyline of the show is that John B's dad was like finding. There's always this rumor. Of this is this a true story? No, I don't no, think, it's not. I don't think so. Not to my knowledge. Okay, I have no idea. But so I this agree. isn't like a. Like a uh, Jersey Shore where they're falling around. The no, time. no, 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 no. <laughs> so this like ship went down like a hundred years ago, and there's always been these myths about like four hundred million dollars worth of treasure. And John B's dad died like trying to find it, and John B discovered all this and like made it his mission to find this, and he does it with this girl, and it's just it's wild. Mm-hmm. So it's a good show, it really is. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, there's just so much. Well, crazy let's be real. Quarantine, we've probably all watched like <laughs> yeah, probably that's six that's or seven that. shows at this point. Except Brock, he is not the show watcher. Yeah, I don't know what it is about you, man. I just I, I just keep I don't know. Stuff like that. Anytime I try and I will try and lay down in bed, turn on Netflix, try and watch Super. something. Super within 10, 15, 20 minutes, I'm asleep. I just <laughs> yeah, dude. If Super it's not contra- sports, I don't really watch it. Sorry. Super controversial show right now. Have you guys seen Waco? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Heard all, yeah. Fantastic. <sighs> it's great. It is very good. I highly advise anyone that has uh, not seen it, give it a watch. Eye-opening, to say the least. Uh, I've heard be- that it, like, it almost like it, it makes you like under- not understand his side, but like oh, it, it, the show puts you on his side for a little You bit. are not – oh, the whole yeah, thing. It, 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 Taylor Kish. I think I was Taylor Kish is an amazing actor. The whole thing, I was on the side of the what do they call him? The David. What? Well, there's actually a term. Oh yeah, him. what is that? 
You know, you know what I'm talking I about. I do know. Yeah, they actually had a name of what they called themselves. I can't think of that name, but uh, dude, it really makes you like question your patriotism for a little bit. Yeah, I mean the entire show for definitely like it's pretty messed up. Yeah, the entire but, show, even before they start showing Waco, they show a different scenario that happened in I think Idaho. Idaho. And it, yeah. even the skit from Idaho makes you already start questioning the FBI's motives. And then they bring you to Waco. So you already have this this kind of a bad image of the FBI in your head. And then you see what happens in Waco. And the only reason they went there was because the ATF was going to get shut down because of what happened in Idaho. And they needed something to give them some credibility. So yeah. they implemented this. And then they lied about the whole damn thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I love this country more than anything in the world. But I wa- I'm watching this and I'm like. I've never in my life ever been a government conspiratist or anything like that. But, man, that's tough to watch. <laughs> it really is. It, it's sad to know that that happened in this country, especially what, it was like 20 years ago. Uh, it happened in 93. None, 93. Of, us were, none okay. of us were around well, quite still, yet. Like, that's not that long ago. No. no. It was a good one, though. I, yeah, I, really, I would highly suggest anyone yeah, watch it's, it. Yeah, it's really good. It's only six episodes. It's really short. And you'll fly through it. But, yeah. I, I mean – now, Netflix is just obviously just taking over the world. Oh, my God. And, I mean, I remember back in the day when Netflix 2010, was, you get a DVD in the mail. When Netflix bro. was just a DVD. I mean, imagine yeah, just buying dude. stock oh, into Netflix back then. But, yeah, speaking of stocks, we're going to switch into a new segment. Not a new segment. This is every one of our Everyone's segments. Everyone's new segment. Yeah. One of our segments that we determined would we're be. We're going to talk about the stock market a little bit. Not really. We're going to do a segment called Stock Up and Stock Down. Basically, we're just going to talk about which people have really – people um, uh, who have been in the news, recently yeah. did something, who's up, who's trending, and exactly. then people who are down, who have been exactly. not doing good. So for my stock up, we're going to get a little bit to the political side. I know I don't want to get into politics at all. I absolutely hate politics. This is going to be a good little bit for you. My stock up is Kim Jong-un. Oh, God. Kim Jong-un. He's back, baby. Kim Jong-un is so back. <laughs> you thought he was down. You He's thought back. he was down. You cannot get that son of a bitch to go away. He was just hanging out with like 20 prostitutes in North Korea. For Absolutely. Like a I mean, Kim Jong-un. He went on a little retreat. Drinking Kim Jong-un is known for you know, his, his lack of public appearances. Oh, but, man. I mean, obviously North Korea is just. He's put on some pounds, too. Failed state. I mean, you I don't know how many more pounds Yeah, I know. He's about. He's about a uh, so 20 bad. pounds away from rolling down the lane and getting a strike. But yeah, yeah. Uh, on April 20th, he was reported to be in surgery for an undisclosed cardiovascular disease. And there were reports from intelligence in North Korea that he was in critical condition. So for about a week, maybe a week and a half, there was just memes on memes about how North Korea, like their leader, their dictator, the modern day Adolf Hitler, Mussolini just – Basically how he was vulnerable. I mean, obviously, you know, he doesn't shit because he doesn't have an asshole. You know, all those rumors probably, probably true. I mean, a guy with that kind of balls probably doesn't have an asshole. He doesn't it's like that scene off the interview. Yeah. Like, do you have one? Oh, yeah. And it's working overtime, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but all those got debunked. Um, it was confirmed by North Korean officials that uh, dictator Kimmy reemerged and he is be- believed to be alive and well after various media outlets uh, declared that he was not doing well. Um, But some people have been wondering if it's a body double. 
No way. No way. I saw that It's No way. It's got to be. There's no one that fat in North Korea. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, seriously, man. A person from Hong Kong who is known to be a Kim Jong-un uh, body double. I mean, like, he does videos. He does. He, he, he tries to, you know, like, make fun of him a lot. And um, so he said um, – that there's no way it could have been a body double because there's no one as fat as him in this food-starved country. <laughs> oh, my. Nobody. So true, though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we know, the documentary called The Interview showed all this true stuff about North Korea and how James Franco basically went and saved the world <laughs> and how how Kim Jong-un can really turn real quick. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Seth Rogen, you know, comes to the rescue after he uh, – he fornicates with Kim Jong-un's uh, secretary, I believe it is. Oh, yeah. But yeah. But in James Franco's tell-all, he tells the whole thing and how it all went down. And yeah, so that is my stock up. Kim Jong-un is so back. So, so, so. Yeah, so my stock up, my stock rising is going to be uh, Kobe Bryant. R.I.P. Yeah. But – Mr. Kobe Bryant, he has been he's he's been dead now for about two years. And in this past week, there's been two things that he's done that have made me actually stop and just kind of contemplate. The first on, one Connor, two months, not two years. Mm, two months. <laughs> the first one was I watched the Jordan documentary last Sunday, and they had a whole little segment on Kobe and LeBron or Kobe and Michael's uh relationship. And it is just unbelievable. Uh you just you kind of Listen to Kobe talk about how he mirrored his game after Michael. You listen to Michael talk about the the respect he had for Kobe, and that's saying something because I don't think Michael respected many people. No, Michael knew he was the best. He knew he was the greatest, and he saw this young 19-year-old from Philadelphia playing in Los Angeles. And he said, you know, I like this kid. He's got some good game. And the second thing that Mr. Bryant did was it was his wife's birthday yesterday, and this man had a gift for her. I guess he prepared to give months ago, and it was ready for her on her birthday. Ooh, I didn't know this. I'm not an emotional guy. I thought I was going to start crying when I heard that. It was a it was a heartfelt That's letter, tough. and I just whenever I read that story, I thought this is just unbelievable. Just Kobe, Kobe's the man. Just to put it in one right. word, absolutely. That Kobe scene is the man. On the last doc, when they were talking, when he was on there at the beginning of the episode, and he said, "I only got five. Mike got five. Without Mike, there is no five. Bro, that hit like." Yeah. That's crazy how he just called him his big brother and like, yeah, I'm not winning five championships if there is no Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's crazy. And I just loved loved Kobe's. I mean, like after you can listen to the the, the corp. Have you ever watched Kobe Bryant's interview with uh, Big Cat and uh, yeah, and Alex yeah, I did. I did. And how I did you know, Big Cat calls himself a dumb sports fan and he always says like, oh, who's the goat? Who's the goat? And uh, between Jordan, LeBron, and Kobe, and Kobe just is. He's so smart. Dude, his business smart. Yeah, oh like people goodness. have no idea how smart Kobe was. Kobe was the smartest. He and like he says, that's such head. a tiring conversation. He's like, my game was revolved around Michael. LeBron's game was mostly revolved around me. It's just like he wasn't saying they were the same player, but it's like as he was essentially getting at – he was essentially getting at – it's just different eras. It's yeah. impossible. No, and that's my sure. whole thing with this whole the GOAT conversation. It's – it's impossible to even compare them. The only thing that made me go on that little LeBron spiel earlier is just showing like the mental toughness that Jordan had in the 90s. 
Like watching the Pistons just destroy him every single time. And LeBron flops when a dude breathes on him. Like it's just so it's not even comparable. Like it's just it's you're right. It's two totally different styles of basketball. But well, my who's back of the week is uh, brother bonding. Brother Bonding is back. Uh, me and my brother like to go bass fishing, but Earl Thomas and his brother like to have <laughs> an orgy in bed with a bunch of random girls, probably prostitutes, and have your wife come in at gunpoint and drag you out. Not a good look for Earl Thomas. Not a good look for the Ravens. It's a, that's a pretty tough one. What's your guys' take on that? I When I heard – so I saw Earl's tweet or Instagram live yesterday saying – how, you know, hey, it's tough, it's tough. Uh, please stay with me, say prayers for me. And when I first saw that, I really, I thought maybe someone in his family got sick. He said, you know, this happens to everybody. We all go through this. I thought, you know, if someone got sick, something happened. And then the story comes out today. Yeah. And I thought, I never once in my life have grabbed any of my brothers and said, hey, man, let's go down to the local Airbnb and, and find some Bro, sugar mamas. taking the definition of Eskimo brothers to a whole other level. <laughs> sure. <laughs> God. For sure. All right, who's hot? For my take, I have happened um, a couple weeks ago, a month ago maybe, those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh, yeah, they're back. Tell you what. Well, they're never there, but they're here now. And they added Tom Brady and old Grant coming out of retirement, I guess. considered. Did he ever technically retire? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, but, again, on the gambling spot, if you hit the, hit the Bucks early, they went from – Odds from being Super Bowl champs went from 55 to 1 all the way down to 14 to 1 Oof. after those two signings. Who has better odds than them? Um, Chiefs, Ravens. Chiefs, Ravens. They're the fifth best odds behind the Chiefs, Ravens, Niners, and Saints at the moment. Yeah, that's probably right. From a gambling perspective, I don't I don't think the Bucks are going to be very good this no, year. No, I don't either. That defense is still – I mean, they have more still holes in that defense than Swiss Chiefs. They, they'll, make, they'll make playoffs. I don't think Ooh. so. It's 43. Let me ask you guys something. He'll make playoffs. Try and name no. two players on their defense. I have no idea. That's so bad. I think – oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't even name one. I can't. I don't know. I just – I don't think they're going to be good. And I don't think Tom Brady – I think he's going to get exposed this year. I do. I think without the uh, Bill Belichick bad. scheme, I don't think he's that good last year. Look at his stats from last year. Andy Reid is a QB guru, though. He's not with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's in – uh, he's a uh, KC. Yeah. Are you talking about Bruce Arians? He's got Bruce oh, Arians. Bruce, that's what I meant. Sorry, I'm Bruce Arians. Yeah, yeah last year when Jameis threw 30 picks, he was a guru. <laughs> Absolutely. Bro, but he legal. also led the league in passing yards. Bro, legally blind Jameis Winston. I am so excited to see what he does. Jameis? With who? Yes. He's with the, the Saints. Saints. No, I mean, like, when obviously Drew, Ble- Drew Brees gets hurt this year, he'll miss six games. He always does. Well, that's why they signed Taysom Hill for 21 mil. Jason, or J- <laughs> dude. My favorite stat James was whenever they showed getting the start over over Taysom Hill. It's they showed that Jameis Winston has more completions to the Saints in his career than Taysom stat. Hill yeah, does. I don't. I don't know. I don't Taysom, Hill, Taysom Hill. Is he's not, not an NFL quarterback. No, no he'll way. he'll be in at the Wildcat or receiver or wherever hell they put. Him I don't at. think the Bucks are going to make the playoffs. One, if they do, I think they will have to be in as a wild card because the Saints are going to win the division for sure. I personally was very <sighs> biased against know, it. Man. I They're think I made good. a dumb bet. I think I made a dumb bet, guys. No I way. bet no Buccaneers way. over nine. Over nine. Was it was juiced. Oh, I, don't, I don't like that one bit. I actually bet it. I don't think that's – I'd probably do that too. I, I really bet would. it, and then I immediately didn't like it. 
I don't know what it was. I just didn't like it. Until Tom Brady gives me a reason to bet against him in anything in life. But have you been betting on Tom Brady or have you been betting on Bill Belichick? Tom. Have you? I thought I have been. We'll find out. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah. So, we're going to move on to our stock down. I'm excited for this one. We have touched on this a lot. We have touched on this a lot. And I'm going to get into kind of a certain aspect of the stock down. But my stock down is LeBron. Dude, that was mine. My stock down is LeBron right now. No doubt. I won't even say anybody's even downplaying LeBron's career. It's just the fact that I think people are starting to realize the true greatness that Michael Jordan was. It was it was like um, subtraction by addition. You know the whole the whole thing of addition by subtraction. This is a subtraction by addition because LeBron hasn't done anything over the past month to hurt his case. Nothing. He hasn't, he hasn't spoken one thing unless they're saving like an episode nine Who or cares, ten. Though they're, he doesn't, do, Bro, he doesn't have to uh, do that. Yes, he does. No, Morally, he yes, he does. Like, how does he not, Kyle? For all we've heard since LeBron came into the NBA is MJ or LeBron. How does he not have to like talk about the documentary? This is what everybody's talking about right now. There's that's one the whole person thing. everyone is thinking of when they're watching this documentary, other than MJ, and that's LeBron. That's the whole thing I feel like. you're comparing him to the whole time you're watching. Exactly. But I feel like that's the whole thing between nowadays and back then. It's just the fact that LeBron doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us anything. Maybe some people believe that because the fact that they feel like he's maybe just ghosting. Yeah. Because the fact that exactly what I'm saying is that his stock is going down because of this whole thing. My biggest thing with LeBron is he's always talking. He's always like complimenting himself. Always. Always on social media. How much has that happened since this MJ stuff started coming out? That's true. It hasn't because he knows that like, he is not right now, right now in this day and age, like everybody is. Everybody's just talking Jordan. Yeah, and I think that pisses him off. I think he hates it. I think LeBron is sitting there in his house in L.A. hating his life right now. So I will disagree with the stock down on LeBron. You just are. You're a big LeBron guy, aren't you? I'm not a big LeBron guy. I say this because as I'm watching this documentary, as soon as it's over, every single week I call my dad. Dad's a huge sports fan. We talked about it for a while. Our last conversation, I talked to him. I said, Dad, did you ever get to see Michael Jordan play? He said, yeah, one time I did get to see him play. I think it was 1996, 1997. And after that, he said – or then he just said how great of an experience it was. And I said, well – I, I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. I obviously never saw Michael play, but I want to see LeBron play. And so I told my dad, I said, next year we are going to a game to watch LeBron play. So I think my I realized that LeBron is a once-in-a-generation player and that we have to go watch him play. Regardless, my stock oh, falling. I'm not saying that. My stock falling. It, Regardless, I'm done talking about LeBron and MJ for right now. So I'm going to go into my stock falling a little bit. My stock falling was going to be Earl Thomas. We already covered that, so I'm going to think on my feet a little bit. My new stock falling is actually going to be a different Thomas. It's going to be Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. I think the bad boys have gotten such a terrible look. And I know we've kind of hit on it a little bit, so I'll make it quick. The bad boys image, if you watch the bad boys documentary, that 30 for 30, you understand where they're coming from. Everyone hated them. They just played. They were a little gritty. Mm-hmm. They didn't really care. They had a black eye. You're going to get two of them. And you almost you leave that documentary thinking, wow, you know, Chris Rock, he was a commentator of that. He made me really fall in love with this team. And now you're watching Jordan documentary. And I just, 
I couldn't hate Isaiah Thomas more right now. <laughs> that's so true. that's going to be my stock Dude, calling this week. I couldn't week. agree more. Like, I, I am definitely going to have to watch that. I've seen it on my ESPN 30 for 30 recommendations. I've seen probably every 30 for 30 but that one. I have to watch it now. Because I mean, it's, it's so, fantastic. Oh, I bet it is, man. Yeah, the, that walking off, that's – just imagine if that happened today. That's a that's tough, man. Uh, my stock down is the tragic divorce of Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari. Oof. How many times in the last? So Kristen Cavallari is who is my stock down, and I'll tell you why. In the last what they've been div- said they're going to be divorced for like ten days now. How many stories have you seen her put in the news of why she divorced Jay? At least five. How many times have you heard Jay talk about it? That's my quarterback. Yeah, I don't Zero. think Jay cares. <laughs> he doesn't care. She came out today saying. I am divorcing him because he's unmotivated. The dude's retired with millions of dollars in his mid-30s. I would be chilling too, Kristen. My favorite. Uh, she couldn't make me more mad right now. She's the worst. My favorite is that she asked for $5 million. Oh, to buy a house. To I buy a house. Mean, and he then decided to freeze all his bank accounts <laughs> so and told her fun. to go get a damn go job. job. <laughs> Team <laughs> J for life. The hell with Kristen. I used to like her in the league. I thought she was funny. But no, Team J for life. No doubt about it. All right, my stock down for the week. I'm going to stick with the NFL and go with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, that was – How do you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, trade up four spots in the end of the first round, take Jordan Love, a quarterback from Utah State, Mm -hmm. who I really don't know much about, to be honest. But along with that, with one of the most stocked wide receiver draft classes in NFL history. Yeah. And you don't get Aaron Rodgers any help. T. Higgins – like a two-time national champion at Clemson was still on the board. In why the trade up four spots when you know you're going to get him at thirty? I do not understand that at all. I four agree. I have. I agree with everything you just said. In their defense, the Packers are historically known for grooming quarterbacks. Yes, they are. I truly believe that that front office does not expect Jordan Love to start for the next two years. No, there's no way. But no, no chance. On that point, <laughs> they get Aaron Rodgers help now. <laughs> they're grooming like, quarterbacks, no. but that's yeah. under the old contract negotiations, under the old CBAs. The new CBA, it is proven that you want to get an excellent quarterback, and you have a five-year window to win with him when he is really, really, really cheap. Look at Jared Goff and the Rams. He was really cheap. They spent a ton of money around him. They went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Patty Mahomes this year, he was really cheap. They put a ton of talent around him. They yeah. went to the Super Bowl. It's just it's a it's proven that you can get a quarterback, get him on his rookie deal, go win the a Super Bowl. The fact that the last time the Packers have drafted a first round like playmaker, a receiver, is in two thousand three. They drafted a tight end. Oh Think of that. They haven't drafted one first round receiver, or I think running back. I know receiver for sure since two thousand three. Aaron Rodgers has one career touchdown pass. To a first rounder, yeah, and he was traded. It was, was Mercedes Lewis, a tight end, when was he traded to the Packers. The Packers, like 08, 07? I really I don't, don't know. know to be honest. He has never thrown a touchdown pass. He's thrown one touchdown pass to a first round pick. I will say, I think that's a little misleading because he had Jordy Nelson, second rounder, Greg Jennings, second rounder. He had Donald Driver, who is an excellent. So I mean, he's had talent. It's just in the last five years, especially, he hasn't. Okay. So yeah, Devontae first, Adams, is just, he's just a joke one, wide receiver. One guy, though. That's one guy. Jimmy Graham. I mean, he did That's have. Not, he's not an elite playmaker anymore. Like, the dude has had no help. At the time. Oh, Randall Cobb's going to go out there and catch 10 passes a game? No, it's no, not happening. He could. No, he couldn't. 
Yeah, 10 years ago he could. He could. He still plays with the Cowboys. Um, He's a solid pick on the fantasy this They're year. never going to overtake. They're never going to make the Super Bowl with their current offensive roster they have. Probably now. not. No way. Their offense just isn't that good. So what do we think about the AFC East? That division? Up for grabs. Up for grabs. I wouldn't – I mean – it's the Bills say, to lose, I'll say that. I would say, honestly, this is going to yeah, sound ridiculous. Patriots might, might be one of the most interesting teams. This I year. agree. Oh, I agree. It's wholeheartedly. What if they get Cam? There's not. I don't think so. Oh, I, I, don't think so. I just hear a bunch of – the only team left that has a question mark on quarterback, and there's really one quarterback left, and that's Cam. I who think, I think was the best free agent quarterback out of all these people. I think Cam waits for a starting quarterback to get hurt, and he says, hey, I can help your team. Come so you don't me. think he's going to be with the team to start the year? No. One. I think he waits until a starting quarterback gets hurt. He says, you guys have a need. I'll fill your need. One team that I believe I has know. a huge quarterback hole, the St. Louis Battlehawks. Um, <laughs> oh imagine Cam Newton playing in the XFL. <laughs> He'd be a step down if from Jordan Tamu. Have you seen his videos, though, lately of what he looks like? Bro, he's he's in probably the best shape of his career. I don't think he probably looks any different than he was in his prime. Yes, he does. Have you seen him lately? Especially like the last three or four years, he went vegan and lost a bunch of his muscle mass. He's huge now. The dude is going to have – if he gets a chance, just put him on the Patriots and they'll probably win like four Super Bowls in a row under Belichick. So. <laughs> that is a hot – Yeah, that's a, that's is, a only hot first, take. So. <laughs> he looks good, man. I don't yeah, know. I, don't I, I absolutely love done. Cam. I really don't. I thought he'd go to Chicago. If there was one landing spot for Cam, I thought he was going to be there. Chicago's a dumpster fire. They have no quarterback and they have no draft I picks. just thought there were a lot of rumors last year they were going to trade for Cam because Mr. Biscay was – What a bold move by their front office, though, just to completely say, like, after this year, you're done. Yeah. That's like them putting the, – well, that's putting Bill a, Jackson and the yeah. – That's yeah. like them putting in a two-week notice for that's, Mr. Trubisky. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's – yeah. Do you think Mitch Trubisky will be the week one starting quarterback? Or I do believe so. I think I mean, so. I, you think so? I feel like a lot of people would just like really ha- lose a lot of trust in the front office if they just – What can't, do you mean lose a lot of trust? I mean, you can't sign Nick Foles, I mean, who is known to just be the savior in the seventh week. Well, I think he's better than Mitch freaking Trubisky. Is he, though? I don't think he's yeah. good. I would well, not like either of these quarterbacks. Like I said, I would have taken Cam over both those guys. But. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So that kind of wraps up our stock market segment. We're going to talk a little blues hockey um, to wrap things up here. We're going to give you about, I don't know, 10 to 12 minutes of blues hockey, and then we'll, we'll send you on our way. But um, just some, just to recap kind of what the blues were on. Um, we're on right when they, you know, this whole pandemic hit. I mean, like, there was no doubt. I mean, they, they were slumping a little bit towards the end, but they man, they right back up. They, they right did, though. Away. I mean, like, it, they just showed that Craig Berube's style, his old school style, sure. it just still plays. It does. It, it still plays. I mean, during their stretch, they were still a top team in the league. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I mean, I went and watched a game in Nashville, and they looked terrible. But yeah. everyone was just like, yeah, this is. And we're 0-3 against the Preds this year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. This has and, been a year of streaks for the Blues, yeah. man. It's. Oh. Speaking of the Preds, I mean, the Blues are actually slated to play the Preds. I, know. I saw that. In, and Round if that one. doesn't scare you, yeah. it probably should. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the Preds' play style, but it just – it plays. It's that Central Division hockey. It plays against the Blues. Yeah. I mean, God. Dude, 
That just broke my heart. Like, if there's – out of all the sports I miss, taking the Blues, right? Like, obviously, we're defending our cup. First place in the Western Conference with, what, a month ago until the playoffs at the time. <sighs> That's tough, man. That is tough. Patty Maroon's double OT winner was one year ago today. Just so many memories of last summer. And, God, I want Blues hockey back so bad, man. I will say that, I mean, obviously I'm not happy about this quarantine, but I don't think this quarantine has helped any team in the NHL more oh, than the Blues. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. They had the longest possible season that they could have last year. Couldn't they played they play heavy minutes. Like Kyle said earlier, they played Craig Ruby style. It's a heavy style. They're going to hit you. They're going to come after you. Yeah. They needed – they needed this break to freshen their legs a lot. Tarasenko should the be big, Yeah, back, he is right? back. He should be. Yeah, he was gonna be on pace to be back into April, early May. So there's, he's back. Like he's, he was skating with the team before. Uh, so if the dudes, before all this even if happened, the Blues do get Tarasenko back like they should. They do have seven of their final thirteen are at home, and they have the eighth easiest remaining schedule in hockey. Like what, what happens when Vladdy comes back, though? Where do you slot that's him in? That's at? it. Well, you have all this chemistry. Vladdy's going to first line with Jaden Schwartz and Braden Shin. They're going to have the same top two lines that they did last year with that Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, probably Sanford second line, and then, yeah, Schwartzy, Shin, and Vladdy in the front line. But my question is you got Mackenzie McEachern, who's having a really good year for the most part. Sammy Blay is a stud, and one of those guys is getting Jordan Kyer, so good. Like, he's so fast. I know he was kind of. He wasn't getting as much ice time towards the end, but you have a real abundance in the forward position, and someone's going to get booted. And probably going to be Mackenzie McEachern, if I had to think. Yeah, probably. I feel like Mackenzie McEachern's really like embraced his role. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, really Sammy Blaze proved that he's an everyday. Yeah, like, Sammy Blaze. Sammy Blaze too good. And Kyru, Kyru, right now, it's just it's such a talent so he's got, and he's know, so, so young. Fast, it's just like so I feel like he Thomas could. Year, and honestly, I, I absolutely hate this uh, narrative of like letting the guy sit just, you know, so he can get experience and learn from the older guys. But this might be an instance where, like, it might be in the Blues' best interest to just, you know, like, just play the older guys. I mean, like, you're in a playoff run, and you can't have rookie mistakes out there. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it just I, – I really feel like um, Jordan Cairo is, is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. I, I mean, think him and Robert Thomas are going to be, for the next 10 years, just so good. Yeah, absolutely. they're going to be so good together, and I'm so excited to watch them. Yeah, speaking of the together. Blues' future, I mean the the recent signing of Marco Scandella. Yep. Um, Goodbye, it, it, People think that um, it will be tough. There's, I read an article of how they what they would have to do to keep yeah. him with this current extension to Marco Scandella, and what other defensemen do they just extend? We've extended two defensemen in the last. Justin Falk at the beginning of the year. Well, yeah, the Justin Falk, Falk extension yeah. and the Marco Scandella, so that. Yeah, I was reading they're going to have to trade one of their big players. and like, I, I don't know, man. Like that's It's not looking good for Alex Tranto to be wearing a Blues jersey after this season. If they but ever pick back up. if anyone's going to figure out how to get Petro back in the blue note, it's going to be Doug Armstrong. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, look at the look at the trade for Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. They traded, what, Tristan Thompson or uh, – Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson, now, not, not, not the Cavs yeah. center. <laughs> yeah, Tristan They traded – was it, was okay. it Berglund? Was it – yeah. Berglund, who I think Simpson's been arrested. Yeah. And then, like, they, I, fourth round or something. Saboka. Saboka. I mean, he gave they up. They didn't give up a first round? Yeah, they round? did. I thought they did. But it was the last pick in the draft. Okay. The last pick in the first round. 30th or 31st overall. 31st, yeah. Okay. Yeah, speaking of 31 teams, obviously it's an odd number. Um, Seattle is coming in. Um, here and I think I think not oh next year, but the year after. Yeah, Seattle's, Seattle's coming in. So team. so there's going to be another expansion draft. 
Interesting. The NHL rules, I believe, is you get to keep you get to protect six forwards. I think it's six forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie. I feel like the Blues are going to be really, really have their hands tied behind their back when it comes is, to defensemen. Yeah. Is this Jake Allen's last year on his contract? I'm pretty sure it is. I think so. This is his last yeah. year under contract. Because I think so. That'll obviously open up a lot of cap space because he's making like six million a year. If it's I'm four. Not wrong. Because yeah, four, him, four, him and Bennington are both making about okay. four. I think Bennington's yeah, contract was just a two year, eight million deal. A two year, eight million dollar deal. So I yeah, I mean, like people people rave right about this Billy Huso, um, this goalie down there. I mean, like he was supposed to come up instead of Bennington last year, and then I don't know really what happened. But I mean. But you can read Bennington all about it. Bennington, St. Louis, as long as he yeah, wants. Bennington was fourth on the death charts, I believe, last going into last mm-hmm. year, and man, I just the, his story is just crazy. I mean, did you watch him play in the EA Sports uh, Chell Eliminator tournament? No, how do you do? Good, he's good. He, be, he beat a uh, uh, Blackwell from the Predators. Is there a Blackwell? Colin Blackwell. I don't know. Yeah, he Colin Blackwell from the Predators. He beat him good. He's good, man. It was biz nasty and wit. They were commenting. It's funny. I will say, that. if Justin Bieber scores a shootout <sighs> goal against Bennington, I don't care what he did for us last year. Might get rid of my jersey. Have you seen him play hockey? I don't. I know him. He's good. <laughs> he is Canadian. No, he's good. Like Bieber's a freak athlete. Watch some of his stuff. Like watch his hockey videos. He's good. I've seen his uh, basketball mixtapes, or not the mixtape. He's just a good athlete. He plays pickup in that yeah. that one famous practice gym that you always see, like in New York. Anthony Hoodie Mellow. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's always there. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. where it's. At. It's I'm assuming it's, it's probably somewhere in New York. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, he's good. So that'll be what well, they were gonna do the summer, but his concerts summer tour just got canceled. So I don't know. They're I don't, that's probably never gonna happen realistically. Unless they would make it work like next year or something like that, but they were going to do it in St. Louis this summer. So, yeah. So we we gave as much information as we could. I mean, I really hope you guys uh, enjoyed our first podcast. And uh, this is just a pilot episode. You know, we're not expecting a lot of people. You know, I'm assuming by you know Speak probably episode episode two or three, we'll probably have millions. But <laughs> after we get uh, Nike and Google and Amazon to sponsor us, yeah. and. Uh, Emailed Jeff Bezos this morning. I'm waiting a reply. Amazon's I would assume that's probably pretty. I would check your spam. <laughs> Kyle um, does protein bar reviews, so we're probably going to get him going with those for a few. And yeah, that'll take so, off. So yeah, so con- special K, if you're listening. <laughs> so content's just going to keep pouring in, obviously, yeah. and with it being a weekly thing, we'll recap week of sports. Hopefully, soon we'll have more sports to talk about. But uh, until then, I appreciate you guys tuning in, and um, hope you guys have the rest, a uh, good rest of your week. All right, see you.